You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Showing the love of God and Jesus to our neighbors and choosing to obey him sometimes leads us to dark places to shine his light. No one knows that better than Rochelle Starr. She is the founder of Scarlet Hope, a nonprofit dedicated to sharing the hope of Jesus with women in the adult entertainment industry. She's also the author of Outrageous Obedience. Rochelle, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Bridget and Eric. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. One of the things we like to do to start conversations is define our terms. And I think when we're talking about outrageous obedience, this would be helpful. What does it the radical biblical obedience, how would you define it? How do we know what it is? Oh, man, going wherever God's called you to go to share the gospel with someone, a people, a place, you know, whatever God's called you to do, running at that with all your heart and all your might. Hmm. And that's something, obviously, he's called you to do. I'd love to hear a little bit of your story, wherever you'd like to share, whether it's your salvation story or also how he called you to this type of ministry. Sure. I was uh, in my early 20s, and I was asking God um, for a purpose and a people. And God answered that prayer after about two and a half years of searching and praying and my husband uh, coming alongside, searching and praying for that for us. And the Lord spoke to me as I was driving into work, passing a Theater X in Southern Indiana. And he said, Rochelle, I want you to go to those people and share my hope and my love with them. Well, to be honest, Bridget, I didn't really know who those people were. I grew up as a pastor's kid, and I always knew that the Lord and my dad always taught me that we're to share Jesus with everyone and anyone that God prompts us to, but didn't know who those people were. And so I started learning about people in darkness in the adult entertainment industry and in 2008 started serving home-cooked meals to them to share the gospel. Did did you feel like Jonah at any point? Uh, this is not the right place. I need to run another direction. You know, I would say that about other things that I tried to do, th- uh, believing that that was where God was calling me. Mm. But as soon as he laid this particular thing and these particular people on my heart, I've never looked back. Well, I love how you said uh, that you had to try a few things, though, <laughs> as we're looking for God's maybe call in our life. Maybe we're unclear because that is a big question that a lot of us have. How do I know God's call on my life? How do I discern that? It sounds like you're saying sometimes there's some trial and error involved. Yeah, absolutely. I I would, on these two and a half year journey of really seeking the Lord, it was really on my way into work, which is it, you know, ironic that the Lord also spoke in that that way, but I would pick up homeless women that I would see on the road, and I would think, oh, God's calling me to homeless people, and I would do all of these things, do pro-life things, which I'm a huge advocate for, and I would do all of this and still feel this isn't exactly what God created me for, and so I, along the way, and now looking back, I think it's in the very ordinary small acts of obedience that I believe God was testing me and looking, is she going to obey what I'm asking her to do today in this very small way? Because I'm about to give her a much larger task. 
and I want to, I want to, you know, make sure she's going to be obedient. That's what I see now today, 15 years later. You know, there are things though that can stop us in our tracks and, you know, God's pointing us in this direction and we're like, there's no way, whether it's, what are my friends going to say? <laughs> what is my church going to say? What, what are some things that keep us from that obedience that God's really calling us to? Yeah, I really think that, um, and that, and that certainly happened to me. I had to, you know, I immediately went very excitedly to tell my husband, my best friend and our church, my husband was on staff at a church, but the things that I think keep us from being obedient, um, and really being outrageous for the kingdom is, is fear of man, fear of what people are going to say, maybe acceptance of that calling. Are you sure God's calling you to that? Um, that was a lot of what I experienced, but also along the way, I've realized that fear and doubt and really self doubt that, that God could use you in that way. Um, there, I love to say, or share this, God didn't use me because I had some special gift. He gave me, he called me in one step at a time. He showed me how and who and where he wanted me to go. And he equipped me as I went. Not um, because there was anything inherently, you know, perfect about me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. We are talking with Rochelle Starr, author of Outrageous Obedience and also the founder of Scarlet Hope. So what was that first meal like, Rochelle? You talked about cooking that, that home meal for women in this industry. What was that experience like? So I'm Italian. I brought uh, my, my best friend and I made the most beautiful Italian meal you can think of because we wanted to serve the women that we were going to serve with excellence. And so we go into a club and um, we brought it in, you know, to the darkness, all the, the meal was a tool in the door to get into the door. And so we set it up and many of the women that we first encountered would say, uh, I mean, things like, did you poison this? Christians have never set foot in here before are you judging me? You know, what, why are you doing this? And God gave us a very simple phrase to say, to, to begin building trust, which was Jesus sent us here to do something kind and loving for you. Jesus loves you. And so do we. And that was what began to connect us to the women and build that trust relationship with them. But that first meal, I'll never forget. It was, it was, um, Many people in darkness seeing seeing the light of Christ through myself and my team and going, this is different. I've never experienced this before, and I'm curious. I know that at our next staff meeting, we'd like to experience what that meal was like. So if you uh, have the opportunity, come on by. Sounds delicious. Sure. Next, <laughs> sure, next time I'm in South Florida. <laughs> All right. You know, I was just – I was – obedience doesn't mean success. I've heard stories of missionaries who have spent years on the field in different places and never seen one person actually uh, turn their life over to Christ, but they are obedient nonetheless. Uh, There's a difference between obedience and success, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, You know, success in the world's eyes looks at the response of someone else, but obedience is about the response to you in the Lord. And so when we go into the clubs and serve meals or when we started reaching out to the women, I didn't go to get a response from them. I went because Jesus had called me to go there. And by God's grace, only by God's grace and mercy, 
have we seen fruit of the work we've done? Mm-hmm. You talk about a temptation that we have as believers of sitting still. Tell me a little bit about that temptation and then how do we overcome that and become active in our obedience? You know, I, we only get, I, I would, a part of my story, and this is in outrageous obedience, is I was terminally sick as a child. And um, God miraculously healed me at nine years old. And um, the doctors had never seen any anything like this before with my condition. And I have been keenly aware of we our days are numbered and um, ever since I was very little. And so one of the things that keeps us still is that, well, a lot of things do, you know, like fear and doubt that we've already talked about, but just idleness is. I'll do that tomorrow, or I'm putting off what I could do today. And we aren't promised tomorrow. And I think one of the ways that we fight through that is I I often think I talk about outrageous obedience as, or obedience as a muscle. Do one thing that God and the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. And that, that builds upon, you'll see God's faithfulness each step of the way. And so it just really requires us to um, ask God, what is, what is it that he's calling us to? And then take that next step, not all the steps, but the next step and build um, that obedience muscle. I'm not saying you always need to have somebody to help you do that, but I think sometimes, many times it's important to have that person to kind of uh, help you along with that step. How important was it for you to get people to rally around you? Oh my goodness. My husband, number one, has been my, uh, of course, my first and foremost biggest um, person uh, that has held, held up my arms and been there every step of the way. But even more so, my best friend at the time, she looked at me when I told her this, uh, God's called me here. And she said, I'll go wherever you want to go. I'm with you. And so I, I truly believe just like Jesus um, called his disciples. And, and, you know, there were so many times where they didn't act alone. And I think that was so critical to what I was doing that God wasn't calling me into the darkness alone, mm-hmm. that he was not only with us, but he was bringing along people with me to, to do that. So it's very, very important, I think. Our time's almost gone. Yeah. I, mean, I can't believe how quickly I looked up at the clock and went, what just happened? What one thing can I do today to be outrageously obedient? Ask the Holy Spirit. Every step of the way, if you're in a grocery store, in Target, whatever you're doing with your kids, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do in this moment today? And then act upon that, whether it's uh, share kindness, encourage someone, share the gospel directly, um, just start to seek him and obey. And then finally, finally, what's on the other side of that, Rochelle? What's on the other side of obedience? Oh, my goodness. It has completely changed my life. It's changed the way that I see people, the way that I connect and see the Lord working. And, you know, I have always said, people say, do you regret all of this? Or do you have any, you know, regrets at all? And I really don't because every mistake or failure has led to where we're at today. And, you know, because of that one act of obedience, hundreds, if not thousands of women have now uh, heard the gospel and come to know the Lord. And so um, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't really have any, um, I just have nothing but good things to say about following the Lord and being outrageously obedient. Mm. 
And thankfully, you put a lot of those words into your book, Outrageous Obedience. So that is our next step for our friends who are listening. We've got it linked and also linked to Rochelle's website at ericandbridget.org. Well, thank you. For, it sounds like obedience isn't a straight line. There's some mm. speed bumps along the yeah. way, but thank you for helping us through this process. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for having me.